You're listening to Community Forum on KCCC 930 AM, sponsored by Eddie County, honoring God, country, and family, thriving with industry since 1889. Welcome and thank you to listening to Community Forum. My name is Johnny Chandler. I'm the owner and the host of Community Forum, and with me today is the City of Carlsbad Library Director, Sarah Jones. Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing quite well. So let me ask you to start out by asking you, how long have you been the Library Director, and what brought you to being the city of Carlsbad library director? Um, I've been the director for um, two years. I was promoted in February of 2020, and I was born and raised here. So when I had the chance to come back and work at this library as the assistant director back in 2017, I took the chance. Okay, so you started in 2017 as the assistant director. You were the assistant director for two years, um, and then you became the director, and then some global pandemic happened, right? Yes. Okay, so let's just get the COVID stuff out of the way. How did you, how did the library adapt um, to COVID considering that there was restrictions on people being able to come in and et cetera? Um, it was a challenge every day. I felt like we were making another change, but we just knew that the community needed us. So we decided to step up and do whatever was necessary. So we did curbside. Um, Beth Neiman, our current was our children's librarian back then. She, um, rolled with the punches and we started doing stuff online. So programs and story time and summer reading and um, whatever the restriction was, we tried to adapt to it, keep things safe. We met with the firefighters to determine how to sanitize the books and how long we needed to quarantine them to keep them safe. And whatever the community needed, we made it happen, even leaving legal forms on our drop box so people could pick them up. Um, we tried to make it happen. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Sarcastically, of course, right? <laughs> yes. So we got through that. Uh, you guys really engaged with the community during COVID, which is great, and you kept everybody involved. But let's start with what are you most proud of as library director? What are you most proud of that you've done since you've become director? Um, I guess what I'm most proud of is the way we've transitioned through the change and able to increase our services and kind of change the direction through all of it and um, kind of become a community center that people could rely on for information and resources. Right. The library is more than a library. It's actually a community center, a place for the community. And we're going to get into some of that here in a minute. Um, I interviewed the mayor not too long ago. And one thing that he said he was quite proud of the library is the children's program. And I know you guys are very active in your children's program, and the, the children's area is, is actually spectacular, very comfortable. So tell us a little bit about the children's program, what you've done, and how that's going to be expanded. Um, well, Beth Neiman has been with the library for quite a while. Um, she recently had her last day, so there's going to be a lot of changes in store. Um, during the pandemic, we really wanted to um, reach families who, when the whole community was kind of shut down, so we implemented um, STEM kits that families could check out, and they were whole activities that families could learn and engage and interact with each other and kind of have fun at home, and that's kind of sparked a whole kind of STEM initiative. So we've started a STEM club where first through fifth graders meet monthly to learn um, different applications of the STEM fields and professionals come in and teach them. We've um, recently got a STEM lab through a generous grant from NWP um, that we're excited to start using. Um, summer reading happens every year, so we're excited um, to, when, once we get best replacement in there to kind of grow and expand on the programs we're doing and make learning more than just a textbook or a book and kind of bring in some hands-on stuff and kind of show 
families in the community that learning happens in all kinds of formats. And we're excited to build on that and expand. So NWP is a nuclear waste partnership. Yes. And so every interview that I've done so far, uh, NWP has been a sponsor or has helped out tremendously. So they're obviously very critical in the community. And if you're interested in, uh, you know, working at WIP or being involved in the nuclear waste partnership, you're probably going to need some STEM education. Yes. Right. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, what else do you guys do for the children's program? I mean, I know you got the STEM kits. Those were a COVID invention that is now expanded and staying um, and even and growing as a result of that. Do you guys have like reading hours? Do you after school stuff or how does that work? Yes, we've got lots of options. We've got books on the shelf. Um, we have programs, whether it's um, baby time. So the first kind of introduction for your kids to stories. We have toddler time where they can dance and engage and learn and socialize. So if you're a new mom, it's a great place to not only expose your kids to literature, but kind of make friends and find someone else that's in a similar stage of life as you. So you can connect with them on that. Um, we have Lego club after school on Wednesdays. So if you're, you know, reading is not really your thing, but you love building and creating and collaborating Lego clubs fun for the whole family to come and kind of build whatever you want and learn We've got computers over there for the kiddos to learn and play and grow. Um, we've got puzzles they can check out. We've got lots of ways for learning to happen. We even have interactive boards on the wall for kids to come in and kind of count and play and explore. So we've got lots of options for families and kiddos. So I don't have a toddler anymore, but am I allowed to come in and play with Legos as well? Um, yes, okay. as long as you're not... Um, creepy <laughs> and then we'll ask you to go to the adult side so we try to keep the kids safe so thank you for that no and i'm i'm not creepy but i do love legos so that but that's really that's all really cool and that's really great so then we're going to move from the children's library to the teen library and i understand that uh you know marvel is really big comic books have been huge the movies are really popular um so what are we doing for the teen library um, they've got their own kind of section and place for them to come in and hang out. They've got a booth where they can do homework or socialize. They've got three computers that are just dedicated for them. Um, they've got graphic novels. We're trying to expand on that collection. And we just recently um, launched a whole brand for them that's kind of comic theme. So there's posters over there and fun um we've got a tag group which is the teen advisory group where we give them a voice in the library and they meet periodically and can decide programs they usually have some programs every month we're hoping to expand and kind of focus more on them because currently mainly we do teen art so we're hoping to kind of maybe get some like real world classes for them like how to change a tire things like that so we're definitely always looking for ideas and feedback so so did you mention that you guys earlier, you may have mentioned to me that you guys are doing like a comic book contest? Yes. Um, as part of our rebranding and kind of giving them their own comic book feel and design over in the area, um, we decided to let them create their own comic book because we thought it'd be a great way for the new brand to be launched. We launched it on National Comic Book Day. And so we're encouraging um, 6th through 12th graders to create their own comic book. It can be digital or they can... Um, hand draw it and we're asking for submissions to be submitted by july 17th and the winner will actually will have it published and be put in the actual teen collection so people can check it out that's incredible so imagine the next big comic book person is going to be right here at the city of carlsbad library yes i mean you never know if you don't try it once when you're younger then you'll never do it right so that's that's very ac excellent so 
Um, you guys have so much going on, uh, and I and there's so much to get to that I almost don't even know where else to start. But when I visited the library, I went ahead, and one of the staples of coming to any community is getting a library card. Yes. Right. I did that already. And when you move to a community, you need to get a library card because the amount of access of information and stuff that you have for free compared to what you would pay a bunch out of your pocket at house at your house is incredible. So let's um, let's go ahead and talk about some of the things that uh, you guys do. Let's talk about first about how do you get a library card. You would need to stop by the library. During the pandemic, we even allowed you to do it online. Um, but now that we're fully open, if you stop by the library, anytime we're open, if you just bring a photo ID, it doesn't even have to be a New Mexico state license. It could be Texas or anywhere you just moved from. And um, if it's an out-of-state license, we would just need a proof of a local mailing address. And even if you don't have something in hand, we'll even send you a postcard that you can bring in as proof of address. Yep. And so, there's a small application. Yeah, I, I've done it. It's very, very simple. I When I went in, I did not have my new Carlsbad address on my driver's license. So I just filled out this postcard, which then the library mailed to me. And then all I had to do was bring in that postcard once it was received in the mail in person. And then it took about five minutes. Yes. So excellent, excellent uh, thing to get as a library card. Now let's talk about some of the things that a library card gives you access for. Like what can you get when you get a library card? Um, so many different things. Um, books you can check out, audiobooks, um, puzzles. Um, we've got a whole library of things, but it also also unlocks a digital world. Um, so even when our doors are physically closed, you can get online. So we've got e-books, e-audiobooks, movies, music. Basically, it unlocks like a whole world of information um, to you. Let's start with, um, so I'm new to the community. I want to get a library card. Where is the library? The library has an amazing location. It's located downtown Carlsbad, right across from City Hall, right next to the museum in front of the art park. So it's 101 South Halaguino. Um, so if you're there setting up your water account, you can just come right next door and stop by. So Tell me a little bit about the history of that location. I think you told me this when we met in person a few weeks ago. Like that location was designated for a library by one of the founders of the community? Yes. Charles B. Eddy um, gave the land for a park and a library, and that spot was designated for us. And it was a local woman's group that started the library back in 1897. They saw a need for it, and they all themselves brought a book. And um, Julia Heaton probably could tell this story better than I could but um, the legend is is that there, one of the ladies that brought a book later went to Flora Ryan, one of the famous librarians that worked there, and kept mentioning that she brought the book. And eventually Flora found the book and gave it back to her um, to kind of repay her kindness for starting the library. So. so I've got a library card. It gives me a lot of access. Let's talk about what we can do in the library, right? Um, obviously, you can check out books, That's and you guys have a, a vast book collection. Now tell me... You were mentioning earlier that there is like a library of things or there's something that you're proud of when it comes to the to the books that you feel like is unique. Yes. Um, so when people think about checking things out, they think about like a physical book that they can take home and read. 
But honestly, we've got so many different diverse things. We've got puzzles and games and Wi-Fi hotspots or something we recently added. We're working on adding laptops that people can use Um, because during the pandemic, like the courts and the doctors were kind of shut down and they were doing like telehealth and stuff online. And some of that stuff you can't really necessarily use our computers for because you want privacy. So we've got laptops that hopefully someone can use in the library and get some privacy and do some of those things. Um, We've got the STEM kits. So we've got a lot of unique things. And we're thinking, even today, me and one of um, my employees were talking about, like, adding bicycles for people to check out. We even talked about, like, well, what about a car? And given that's probably more complicated because of insurance and liability, so cars probably won't be added. But um, we're looking to expand to some pretty unique things. So you guys obviously have free Internet access. We'll get into the Wi-Fi hotspots in a minute because I think that's really great. But you obviously have Internet access. Yes. All right, so I can come in and I can you know, do some work, fill out an online application, or I can just surf the website. Yes. All right. So plenty of things that we can, we can do there. Now, um, another thing that you can do inside the library is print. Yes. So I know that toner is very expensive. Um, It doesn't seem to ever get cheaper. No, it just goes up. It just goes (laughs) up and up and up. And I don't ever want to print in color because it's even more expensive, you know. So tell me uh, what you guys do with printing. Like, are there any restrictions to that? Or what can I, cannot can, or can I not print? Um, no real restrictions. Um, you can come in and sign on our computer and you have an hour turn to print whatever you want. It would be 10 cents a page for black and white or 25 cents for color. And um, we have mobile print- printing. So if you've got something on your device, you can print it that way. Um, there might be some content restrictions based on our policy um, so you probably couldn't pit, print a picture of a, someone completely nude or something like that. But um, depending on if it's like for a legal case, there might be some exceptions. That but, goes back to don't be creepy. Right, exactly. <laughs> and and for the most part, we aren't, staff's not involved in printing. So it's something you can just self-do. So it's not even something we would really even know what you're printing. So, so. 10 cents a page for black and white is a steal. Yes. It really is. 25 cents for color is also a steal. Um but I would go with the black and white probably yeah. uh, just for myself. I mean, the color the color is beautiful. So if I wanted to put flyers around town for, for an event, I can go to the library and print and not have to worry about buying a printer, not having to worry about buying ink or toner or any of that stuff as well. Right. Perfect. And we provide the paper. Um, some patrons have requested being able to use specialized stuff, but right now we've thought about it, but we're not quite there yet. So, so let's talk also, I'm in the library, very comfortable, a lot of, computers a lot of places to hang out um it's obviously 100 degrees half the year here right so you're outside at the arts park and looking at the great art and then i need i need to cool off for a second the library i mean the temperature is just great comparatively like you walked in and i just felt really really awesome and uh, it was very comfortable to be there and there's quite a few people there and i went think i went on a random tuesday afternoon yes. is, what, is when i visited uh, there's a new meeting room the mayor talked about it with me just slightly a little bit but why don't you tell me a little bit about the new meeting room Um, we had a back corner that we were kind of using as paperbacks and paperbacks have kind of, we don't purchase them as much and it was kind of a space we weren't using. And when I became director and we were kind of focused more on the community than we were books, we wanted a space where the community could come and use and collaborate. And, um, during that process, um, one of our library board members passed away, Bob Scholl during the pandemic and, He was such a force in the community, and he loved the library so much. It just seemed so fitting to name it after him. So we're excited to give him this space because he was 
often be found um, in that back corner or near that back corner. Um, usually he would say he was paying the bills um, and he would spend hours there. So it seems appropriate to dedicate it to him. Yeah, he had a very interesting hobby as well. I mean, it was one is like uh, those ships on a bottle, right? Yes. So you have you have some of his ships and the bottles on display. Um, not all of them are in bottles. Some of them are, and some of them are just actual ships that he created. But yes, we have a whole collection of amazing ships that he crafted. That's certainly something worth checking out. I mean, the, the discipline that it takes to do something like that and to put that together, that's a little more than Legos. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so what else, you know, what am I missing in, if I'm in the library, physically visiting? You know, what else do I seem to be missing? Um, we've got magazines and newspapers. So even if you don't have a library card, there are booths and spaces for you to enjoy stuff. So we're kind of a place for everyone. Often we have tourists come in wanting to know information. So um, I think often people just think about coming in, getting something and leaving. But information is a great way um, that you can get things at the library and kind of understand we've got um, three service desks. So we always have staff that are there to answer your questions or help you navigate stuff, um, including like um, if you've got a new technology that you're not sure how to use, we've got staff that can kind of show you and you can bring it in and we'll help you walk through your tech problems. So the library is an, it's an, it's an information desk. It's an info hub. And there's probably no one better that knows more about the community than the people in the library because they're local. Right, they love the community and they're they're helping out. So if you really want to know a lot of information or learn about the history of Carlsbad or or anything that you need, how to fill out a resume, cover letter, those type of things, I'm sure you guys are very helpful with all of that. Yes, and I kind of like to think of us as kind of a train station. So even if we're not your final destination and we can't give you exactly what you're looking for, we know how to send you to the right person that can. City of Carlsbad train station. Yes, I really like it a lot. So. Um, CityofCarlsbadNM.com forward slash library is a great way for people to learn about it as well. And they can always give you a call. Yes. All right. That's going to be 575-885-6776. 575-885-6776. Free internet access for sure. Let's talk about the hours. How are you, When are you guys open? Monday through Thursday, we're open from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. And then Friday and Saturday, we're open from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Excellent. So... Like I said, when I went to the library on random Tuesday afternoon, I was kind of surprised by the amount of people who were there. I lived in the largest city of Albuquerque for close to 20 years, and I've been to many of their libraries, and I don't think I ever saw that many people in one of their libraries. And that, and that community probably has like 20 libraries, yeah. you know, and for a half a million people. And literally, I've never seen that many people. So let's talk about your guys' average attendance, how many people come into the library on a monthly basis. Um, it kind of depends on the month and what's going on, but honestly, our numbers have been increasing. Um, so I think last month of May, we I think we had close to um, over 7,000 people, but once this month, we had um, over 9,000. So it kind of just depends on what events we're having and what's going on and what the community's needs are so but you're always creating something to do you're always creating a reason for people to come in yes yes um we recently even started a seed library um so people can come in and pick out seeds to start their own garden so that's just that's incredible so that's, do you guys have mint at the library um i have had very little involvement with the seeds okay. so to be honest i don't know what we have but we've got a couple of those old card catalog drawers full of seeds and every month, um, 
she's doing like a plant swap too. So oh. if you've got sprouts and seedlings and stuff, it's a great time to pick up some of those live stuff too. So well, I was always, I was always wondering what libraries did with those old card catalogs, right? When we were little, we'd go into the library, you, you pull out this little wooden drawer and you start filing through to try to find what book you need and, and where you need to go. But those don't really exist anymore in libraries as much, do they? Well, we have on- online card catalogs, right. so now they're all digital. So it's not quite the experience. Right. So, I mean, I think that a lot of people are going to miss out on that. I think a lot of young people don't not know how to use the index at the end of a book anymore, like yes. how to find exactly what you need. Uh, so I think a lot of those things are missing. But I'm glad that you guys found a a good reason for that plus all the cabinets that those things came in were just they had a real historic feel they looked really cool you know and so I'm glad that they're not disappearing completely yeah no we're repurposing them that's what librarians do we take something and reuse it so (laughs) that's excellent so um that's a lot so a lot to do in the library we know what the hours are but I also noticed on the website that there's a lot to do online and your yes. library card gives you access to so much. Let's go ahead and start with your, your Wi-Fi hotspots because I think that that is incredible. So I can literally go in and check out internet? Yes. Okay, tell me how that works. There would be like a small agreement that you would have to sign on top of having a library card. But once you've done that, you can check it out as many times as you want. We've got Verizon hotspots. They've got a filter due to um, some Verizon restrictions, but they're great for um, business or for the school. Um, We basically just filter out like Disney Plus or high data usage stuff. And then we've got T-Mobile hotspots that we recently added that have no restrictions at all. Um, So you'd Um, They check out for two weeks at a time, and you can take them. Um, They're great for trips. Um, There are some patrons that are using them to apply for jobs and do work from home, but there are some patrons that want to go to the lake on the weekend, and they've got kids who, you know, when it's night and... Um, Instead of making s'mores by the fire, they want to watch a movie inside the camper. It's a great way to give them access. And then you don't use all of your data and you're able to um, have stay connected regardless of where you're at. So for two weeks at a time, I can check out a Wi-Fi hotspot. So I'm checking out Internet. So everything at the library is checking something out. And I I never envisioned that you could check out the Internet. Yes. Right. And that's without surfing the Internet. But I can check out the Internet that. I think that's great. That's a, a service that everybody should use, especially um, there was a lot of home and remote learning, right? Yes. Was that something born out of the pandemic? It was. Um, we got a grant through the New Mexico Humanities Council, and it was about ways your commu- community were kind of um, shut down because of COVID. And we realized that people needed the internet because everything shifted online. And if you didn't have a computer and internet access, you weren't able to go to the doctor or do court or school or business. And um, thankfully we had Wi-Fi that extended across our property. So our numbers went through the roof. We had like 300,000 connections in one month during the pandemic because people were out in our parking lot using the internet. But just think about like how limited you are in your car in a parking lot you know, in 100 degree weather, it may not be convenient or easy. And especially if you had, you know, the schools were great about deploying Wi-Fi devices. But if you had four or five students that were trying to use it, and um, it made it really hard for families and parents to kind of make some of this online stuff. And libraries are all about access and making sure that people get the needs where they're at. And so we applied for a grant that kind of started the Verizon hotspots um, because we got a grant that kind of funded them. And it was a whole kind of mobile circulating collection. So it helped with the laptops and the Wi-Fi hotspots. 
I can only imagine sitting in your car on a Wi-Fi hotspot, having the air conditioner running at the price that gas is right now. Right. I was like, that's just <laughs> impossible. So uh, go to the library, check out a Wi-Fi hotspot, you know, entertain your kids in the evening uh, whenever they're camping or whatever you're doing um, and make it a little more enjoyable for them. I don't know many young people that go anywhere without technology anymore. Right. So and one thing, one of the things I think is great about the library is libraries were always book focused, right? Let me get some books. Let me check this out. Let me get some educational materials or just materials for fun. But as the world has progressed, the library has to. The library is really an entertainment center yeah. more than it is just a place to, you know, it's become like, oh, and by the way, we have books, yeah. you know? And so, and I think that's really great. So what I did, um, what I did notice online um, is a bunch of events and there's a bunch of information. Let's go ahead and talk about, if you can, some of the events that you do, how people can get their event involved, right? You have a community calendar on the website, I noticed. Yes. Okay. So um, and so if you go to the website, like we said, cityofcarlsbadnm.com forward slash library, you can click uh, for library events. And every month, there all the library's events are posted. All right, so when I was on the City of Carlsbad website, I noticed that you guys have pretty much every single event that is listed in the City of Carlsbad on your website. Yes. Right. So anything you want to do, anything you want to know about. So if you would like to know when the Lodgers Tax Advisory Board meets, you should go to the cityofcarlsbad.com forward slash library. Yes. Cityofcarlsbadnm.com forward slash library. Right. If you want to know about the Insurance Advisory Committee, as exciting as that sounds, that website will tell you about it. So... The Arbor Day Foundation tree uh, ceremony is coming at the end of June, right? So, but it's really a one-stop shop. Like you were saying, it's a train station, it's a community event, it's an information desk, right? So anything that you need information-wise, the library is going to help you out. Yes. I noticed um, online that you guys have a bunch of photos posted. Yes. During the pandemic, we were trying to find ways to keep people safe, but also engaged. So we had a whole um, photography contest and those were the whole entries. So people could go out in the community and say safe and email us their results. And we had a whole contest. Okay. So we're just about to wrap up this first segment, Sarah. And again, thank you very much for coming on. Let's just go over a couple of things real quick. One really great place to go to for information is obviously Facebook, no. right? No, you don't like going to Facebook? <laughs> well, got to check your sources. So. Right. Um, Carlsbad Public Library on Facebook, is that, the, is that how I find it? Yes. Okay. And so when you're on that page, there's a bunch of people that follow it. You need to get on and follow that as well. Um, and there's great information. I'm looking at it right now. And did you know that astronauts orbiting Earth see up to 16 sunrises and sunsets every day? That's crazy. Like, and it, yeah, that, that was just posted uh, yesterday on the Facebook page. And I just think that little bits and uh, trivia information like that is incredible, right? When I go to trivia night at Milton's, I'm going to just kill because I'm looking at the City of Carlsbad <laughs> Facebook page. So a couple things real quick. Uh, cityofcarlsbadnm.com forward slash library, 575-885-6776, or cplinfo at cityofcarlsbadnm.com. I think I got all that down? Yes. All right, perfect. So, Sarah, thank you very much for telling us a little bit about what you can do inside the library, and then we'll do another segment with you really soon about everything you can do online as well. Yes, thank you for having me. You're listening to Community Forum on KCCC 930 AM, sponsored by Eddy County, honoring God, country, and family, thriving with industry since 1889.